you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here on Move the Sticks. And, uh, Buck, we've... uh, We've got some stuff we need to talk about today. A lot of ground we want to cover, but before we do that, I want to tell you about the marvel of uh, of social media. You ready? Oh yeah, let's do it. So a lot of times you uh, you get on social media, and it's neat when you hear from somebody that uh, you grew up, you know, idolizing, or somebody that you were a big fan of, and they follow you. And there's other times where um, there's people inside the profession they'll send you an encouraging note, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all. That's great. I mean, I think there's a good side to social media people don't talk about. Um, but this is what I just got on social media. This is a tweet that just came my way. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. It's, uh, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, this is from at B underscore S-E-I-D-S. Um, a, move the sticks. I helped you this morning at Chick-fil-A. I didn't realize who you were until you left. That's what I got this morning. Anyways. 
Say hello. Say hello next time. I'll that's, be back. Don't worry. I'll be back. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe uh, he can pass along some of those free Chick Fil A sandwich cards that. Uh, yeah, I know. Can I get some free minis? I mean, come on, <laughs> let's go. That's funny. That's great, though. That's fantastic, man. That is absolutely fantastic that it kind of worked out like that. Um, that they're they're like I'm like Norm I'm like Norm and uh, Chick Fil A is my is my cheers. Really <laughs> hey DJ, you're back again. They just have it when you just show up. <laughs> <laughs> they just, yeah. just have it. I gotta come up with corner. a clever line. You know, Norm, Norm had all those clever lines. You know, uh, what's going on? Uh, hey Norm, how's it going? Well, it's a dog eat dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. I can remember all those uh, little one liners <laughs> that Norm used to have. <laughs> Anyways, Buck, what do we got on the show today, bud? Hey, man, we're going to preview, like, I mean, we have two fantastic games to really talk about in week two. We had the Saints taking on the Rams and the Vikings and the Packers. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Is this the future of the NFL at the quarterback position? We're going to bring on Ohio State's player personnel director, Mark Pantone, for a little FaceTime interview. Talk to him about stuff going on in the recruiting world. And then we're going to talk about the college players to watch in week three. Really excited about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and trust me, you're going to want to stick around for that interview uh, with Mark Pantone. He's, he's really just kind of risen up through this profession that didn't exist uh, all that long ago. Started out at Florida with Urban Meyer, then went to Ohio State, and uh, has been elevated where he's the assistant athletic director there now for the Buckeyes. But this is somebody who uh, was involved, actively involved, and a key member of that uh, personnel department and getting guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Joey, and Nick Bosa, Dwayne Haskins, uh, even Joe Burrow. We've seen what he's done at LSU this year. So we're going to get a chance to, to pick his brain about what he saw in those players as high school players um, and the whole evaluation process, which is uh, is fascinating. All right, Buck, before we get to uh, some of these games and some of these other topics, uh, off the top, one injury that uh, – actually, I guess we should say two uh, injuries we should discuss. We'll get to Jonathan Abram here in a second, uh, his unfortunate injury uh, with the Raiders. But the big breaking news is uh, Sam Darnold has mono. Are you kidding me? He's got mono. That's uh, that's not going to be a short-term thing because, obviously, you want him to get better, but you can't have somebody in the locker room uh, that's got mono. That's going to be a while. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a while. It's unfortunate for him because we were really anticipating this uh, matchup with he and Baker Mayfield and the like. And for the Jets, uh, it kind of hurts them because now, you know, I think it leaves them with Davis Webb that would probably be the starting quarterback against them. That means a lot. If I'm a fantasy guy. Put oh, I think Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor wow, Simeon. Trevor Simeon, Davis here. Webb. Ooh, wow. Ooh. I really don't like that. My fantasy team. Yeah, not great. Had to put a lot of lot of stock in <laughs> Levy and Bell. Levy and Bell get a bunch of carries, but well, Levy and Bell's got a shoulder. By the time this gets posted, he might not, he might be out too. He's got on, a he bad has to shoulder. be able to suck. He can't he can't be one and done. He can't play one one game then sit out. But <laughs> regardless for the Jets, this is something to um, consider. Like how long is Sam Darnold going to be out? Um, how do we continue to build this offense? Uh, while he is kind of on the sideline to get it ready for him to return and how much different is he going to be when he returns because you know mono will kind of take the life out of you for a little bit and so it'll be tough because you won't be able to be around the building for at least a week or so um can he kind of maintain his game oh, I, think, I, think, yeah, I think a month wow you think a month you think he's out for I, a month? I think a minimum month because because it I, look I'm not a doctor but mono it drains you and you so you're you're in danger of yourself of something bad happening but you're also it's contagious so I mean he can't he can't be at the facility I mean, that's not a one week thing this is a multiple multiple week thing here for the Jets that's brutal Man, uh, and that's, look that's they've tough. got uh, C J Mosley might be out in this game Quinn and Williams has got an ankle Levy and Bell with the shoulder I mean just completely 
decimated uh, early on in the season here for Adam Gase and the Jets. And the schedule is brutal. Um, the, the, look, the Patriots, um, unbelievable, man. They, they might be in a division uh, with two teams picking in the top five. Uh, yeah, they, they might. They, Dolphins they, and the Jets. Yeah, they, they might be. They may have this thing wrapped up by October. They may have, they may have it wrapped up it's by October. It's unbelievable how some, sometimes Lady Fate shines on them. We'll see. We'll have to play it out. But, man, it doesn't look good. The Jets being in without their franchise quarterback uh, for you, as you say, for a month. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to kind of hold, hold the fort, kind of kind of tread water in his absence. So we're just going to see how this plays out. But, man, certainly looks good for the New England Patriots. Yeah, and the other news I hinted at there with Jonathan Abrams' injury, look, it's, uh, it was no secret. It's one of our favorites. We both loved him going through the draft process and just loved the, the passion and the energy and the physicality that he played with. And I thought even though he had missed some tackles the other night, um, obviously you find out he's, he's got to uh, have a, a torn labrum and a torn uh, rotator cuff, so he's going to have surgery. So you knew he was playing with one arm. But even with some of those missed tackles, just you felt him. You felt his presence in that game, um, the energy and the physicality he brought. That's a big loss for the Raiders. Big loss because you're always still looking for people that can be enforcers over the middle of the field. Jonathan Abram was that. And even just a game, you could tell the impact that he made in terms of patrolling the middle of the field. I kind of have to tip my hat to him. The fact that he uh, tore his labrum, had a rotator cuff injury, and still continued to play. Man, that speaks volumes about his overall toughness and how committed he is to the team. Let me just tell you, I'll just give you one thing on this. So, sometimes you get to know these guys pretty well through the draft process. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter where we rank players, Buck. We, we want them all to be successful. Because oh. when you get to know them, you want these yeah. guys to, to do great. And we're rooting for them. We're, we're fans. Um, so when this, uh, when this news came out, we've kept in touch through this whole process, um, even going back to, you know, during the end of his season there at Mississippi State and just got to know him. And I just really like this kid. Um, so I sent him a little text afterwards, Buck, and I said, look, God doesn't make mistakes. I'm bummed for you, but something great's going to come out of this, you know, praying for you, thinking about you. And then uh, he wrote back, this is what tells you how, how wired this guy is. Uh, Thank you, uh, but you're right. Can't reach the goals I've had this year, but I'm definitely shooting for defensive player of the year and comeback player of the year next year. Um, and to <laughs> wow. me, like guys that are wired like that, that's kind of like that Russell Wilson wiring, though. Like you yep. see it, you you kind of speak things into existence. I I, I love guys that are that, that look think of uh, life in the, in the way he thinks about it. Yeah, he absolutely is a, is is kind of we call it an OKG our kind of guy. Chris Peterson gave us it. That term, but I think he's the right kind of guy to build around. And I, I will uh, tip our hat to our buddy Mike Mayock because those rookies showed up their first game. Uh, everyone that they expanded the top pick, we saw Josh Jacobs make an impact. We saw Jonathan Abram make an impact. We saw others that were in that rookie class make an impact. Those guys are the right kind of guys. And then we'll see if the rest of the team can play at a high level uh, while those young guys are kind of growing into prominent roles. But I like what I'm seeing from the Raiders, and I think they have to like what they were seeing from the young guy, Jonathan Abrams. They'll hate to lose him for the rest of this year, but, man, you got to be excited about what he could be next year. Yeah, and you think about this, two Mississippi State players basically uh, having a redshirt, right? Um, when you look at the Tennessee Titans and what they did, getting you know, Jeffrey arguably the yeah. you know, best defensive lineman in Jeffrey Simmons. So he's going to sit out this year. He'll be back next year, and uh, um, they'll get it. It's basically like having another first-round pick next year once he uh, gets back on the roster. All right, I want to uh, talk about this Saints-Rams rematch. I don't want to talk about the penalty at the end of the game. Everybody and their mother is oh, there was about a penalty? pass interference. That I didn't see the penalty. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, yeah, I heard something about that. Uh, and we can get into the game if you want to, but I'm I, just curious from a, a talent evaluation, team-building standpoint, which is the area we like to focus on, um, if, if I asked you, 
which one of these rosters has the most talent? Mm. What's the better roster? Because two of the best in the NFL, the Saints or the Rams, what would you say? That's a tough one, man. Because the Saints have that class that really brought them back to prominence a couple years ago. But when I – I mean, yeah, the, the Saints have that class that brought them back to prominence. But the Rams, I just like the way the pieces of the puzzle fit for the Rams. Uh, you give me Aaron Donald. You give me Todd Gurley. Um, I think Dante Fowler is beginning to play at a high level. Um, I'm still a big fan of Marcus Peters and the like. I think I'm going to lean towards the Rams. I like Brandon Cooks. Um, it's very, very close. But these guys, these, these teams are built a little differently, and both of them had success. But I would go with the Rams in this little conversation. All right, so this is a it's a tough one. Uh, I think it's very close because I really kind of went position by position and broke this down. Mm-hmm. I ended up going with the Rams. I think the Rams, uh, I would lean in that direction, although saying that, I think New Orleans' offensive line, I would take their offensive line over the Rams. I think yeah, especially sure. the way you're seeing these tackles play with Armstead and Ramchick, and I think Eric McCoy is going to be a really good player inside. So I'd give them the edge on the offensive line, um, and then I'd also probably give them the edge at linebacker uh, would be another one. I think quarterback is closer than than people think. I, I think, look, mm-hmm. if Drew Brees in his prime, yeah, you, you definitely go Drew Brees. I think that's a fair comparison. I probably would lean slightly towards New Orleans. But here's why I go with the Rams. I think the Rams are be- much better at wide receiver. I think it's a push when you're talking about running backs. They're yeah. both in great shape there. Uh, but defensive line, I would go with the Rams, especially when you see what they're getting uh, with Fowler coming off the edge. And then secondary, I would go with the Rams. So, it, it's it, look, two great rosters. Uh, but I think in, if you look at the big picture there, um, and I'm sure Mike Thomas will be very happy with this, uh, but I would go with the Rams. Uh, but there's uh, – look, I could, I, could, I could see the argument going either way. Yeah, I can see it going either way, but I, I, I would go with the Rams. I just like uh, the way they complement each other at wide receiver. I think that D-line, their ability to pick up Dante Fowler, to me, kind of pushed him over the top. And then in the secondary, it's not just Eric Weddle and Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. It's bringing in a guy like Taylor Rapp who should be able to give them contributions. And even though the Saints have playmakers, uh, playmakers galore in the back end, I just kind of like the overall way that the team kind of comes together in L.A. as opposed to with the Saints. All right, anything else you want to add on this game before we jump over uh, to the uh, Packers and the Vikings? This game is fascinating to me because this is one where, like, look, the Saints have been smarting over this game uh, for the entire offseason. However, there's nothing that comes out of this game that would change the end result. So from uh, how the game would be played out, I wonder if the Saints can keep their emotions in check to kind of focus on trying to find a way to systematically knock off the Rams. For the Rams, is how are they going to handle whatever – the Saints throw at them because surely the Saints are going to look at the Patriots and see what they were able to do in the Super Bowl, look at some of the things that the Panthers did a week ago and see if they can implement them. What are the answers that the Rams have for all of these teams that are going to mimic the same game plan that we saw in Super Bowl? Uh, My bold prediction in this game is that you're going to see running backs for both teams and as a group, collective group of running backs, catch 10 balls plus each. Nothing wrong uh, with that. That, to me, is where you're going to find some of these matchup take place. You're going to see these backs get involved out of the backfield. You're going to see them also get involved in the screen game a little bit. Uh, that's what I'm looking for uh, in that game. All right, I'm, I'm re- I really want to get to uh, uh, the battle between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, but l- let's hit on this Vikings-Packers game here mm. uh, quickly, Buck. When, when you look at, to me, the matchup to watch, I look at this Minnesota Vikings offensive line, this kind of revamped uh, offensive line with uh, this offensive scheme with Kevin Stefanski as well as Gary Kubiak. It seems like a perfect marriage. Uh, going up against a Green Bay Packers defensive line, 
that's been completely rebuilt and uh, is is not only talented in their first group, they've got some some depth there uh, with Mike Pettin being able to roll a bunch of guys through, uh, led by the uh, the Smith brothers there uh, coming off the edges with uh, Zadarius and Preston and providing some pass rush. Hey, look, you hit a nail on the head. You know where it comes down to. It comes down to the play within the trenches. Uh, the Packers were able to get a win early, because uh, the first game of the season, because they were able to win up front. Uh, for the Vikings, it's about controlling the ball. It's about running it down their throat. We saw them. 77% of their offensive plays were runs. They would love to keep that formula similar. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it uh, against this Packers team, but I think you have to challenge them with the running game to keep Mike Pettin from dialing up all the exotics um, against the quarterback. I expect the Minnesota Vikings to run it, run it, run it, look for them to throw an occasional play-action pass, but I think this is another strong dose of Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook could have another solid game. I'll give you one theory here, uh, something we've talked about before. I am passionate about this. I believe in this. When you're trying to remake a defense, and uh, you do that to me, obviously you get guys that can rush the pass up front, uh, no doubt. But to me, just pure speed Mm -hmm. in the secondary, adding speed. When you look at over the last couple years, Jair Alexander, who's a great player, but also he can fly, Buck. Um, You look at bringing in Darnell Savage, who's got tremendous range and speed. The field shrinks, man. When you've got guys that can cover ground like that, uh, it is a huge difference. You find me, uh, you know, a slow secondary, and it, you're not. Gonna <laughs> You've got to have speed and athleticism back there, and they've done that. They, they've improved up front, and I think they have gotten so much faster in the back. And uh, you see those windows close in a hurry. Look, this is a fast team, and the fastest team wins. You always want to opt for speed over size if you can. Make people play sideline to sideline. Make them play laterally. Then you can run it down uh, in chase mode. This is a team uh, in the Green Bay Packers. They do have more athleticism. They have a very aggressive scheme, but more athleticism, more DBs to kind of understand where to get to, and they're playing fast. And so when you get the collective unit to play fast, bowls well for your chances. All right, let's get to the one uh, we're excited about here. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. We've got the Arizona Cardinals uh, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Terrell Suggs, we know, will be motivated in that one, uh, going back to play his old team, longtime team there uh, with the Ravens. But let's, let's be honest. This is, this is all about the quarterbacks here. Um, just your, uh, your takeaways. I know we talked about what we saw from Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson in week one. Um, who's more likely uh, to, to uh, be able to duplicate some of the late success you saw from Kyler Murray and uh, really the success all the way through? out with uh, Lamar Jackson. Who's going to replicate that this week? Man, it's tough. I, w- I, w- I would probably hang my hat on Kyler Murray being able to replicate it because uh, Kyler Murray started off so slow in the first half of the game that I-, I thought it was pointless. I thought it was hopeless. He wouldn't have a chance to bring them back. But he caught fire late. Got the ball out of his hands, allowed his playmakers to do work. I think that is something that is sustainable, something that can be uh, copied and duplicated. Um, for Lamar Jackson, for Lamar Jackson's numbers were so out of whack with how he's played the position uh, normally. Like, you just don't see him have that kind of juice, that kind of productivity. But, look, they set him up. They put him in an offense to kind of fits his eyes, suits his skills. Uh, he's a runner and a passer. I think he'll show more of their running ability this week. Um, tough matchup, tough matchup for the Cardinals. But this is one where we're going to see how they're able to function without a true number one. All right. We're, uh, I'll, go with, I'll go on the record with this one. I, this is going to be ugly. Uh, it's going to be very ugly, and it's going to be lopsided, and it's going to be in favor of the Baltimore Ravens because when you go back, and, and we talked about it before with Kyler Murray, 
They they had 58 dropbacks in that game against the Detroit Lions. The Lions rushed uh, more than four uh, eight times. Mm. And in those eight snaps, he only completed four balls. He was picked once, and he was sacked. They wanted to just rush four and play coverage. Well, that's not the way the Baltimore Ravens play football. They are going to get up in your face because there's no one in that receiving core that's going to scare them, even mm. though they've got some injuries back there. They're going to challenge these wide receivers, knowing that there's little chance they're going to be able to pay it off over the top, and they are going to speed up Kyler Murray. They're going yeah. to send bodies at him and really crank him up. It's going to look completely different than what we saw last week. And I think because of that, um, they'll be able to kind of save their wind a little bit too. Uh, I thought Detroit just rushed four the whole time. And those guys, by the time you got to the fourth quarter, there was nothing left in the tank. Nah, it's no a guys. lot easier in terms of like taxing your body. It's a lot easier when you have multiple guys rushing because you're going to get some clean run-throughs every now and then. You're not going to have uh, just that that physical battle each and every snap. So uh, I, I think the Baltimore Ravens heat him up. I think it's going to lead to some turnovers, going to be some fumbles in this game, and I think the Ravens end up uh, running away with it. The other side of it, too, is with Lamar Jackson. While I don't know he's, he's not going to complete, complete that percentage and, and throw five touchdowns, this is a secondary we were talking about with the Green Bay Packers yep. being fast and athletic. This is not a very athletic secondary for the Arizona Cardinals. And you've got some track dudes out there for the Baltimore Ravens. So that's uh, what, I think this one, yeah, that's, maybe we'll, we'll see. I think this is going to be a blowout. You know, this is this is the one thing I will say about the concerted effort that uh, the Baltimore Ravens made in the offseason. We talked about it going all the way back to last fall. We said, look, you need to surround him with a track team, get him some explosive athletes where he can do what he does well, which is throw the ball down the field. And then it opens up up the lanes to allow him now to torment the defense with the, the quarterback read running game. Um, I do believe Lamar Jackson is set to break out, and this team appears to be ripe for the picking in terms of just the way that they played. I don't know if they're going to be able to kind of amp themselves up enough to deal with what Lamar Jackson and his uh, teammates are going to bring. Yeah, I do want to remind everybody, too, the grief that I took, Buck, when I said Mark Ingram is going to lead the NFL in rushing. Uh, oh, that yeah. went under the radar because Lamar Jackson was so was so great uh, week one. Uh, that running game, 265 yards, I believe, that they had. Ingram went over 100. He had 107 yards on only 14 carries and two touchdowns. Um, Look, when you have to account for a quarterback that can run, you're blocking one less guy because the backside end has to be held with the quarterback. And so you've got a good offensive line. You've got a physical runner. You've got one less guy to block. That's the kind of math that, that works in the favor of Mark Ingram. Yeah, it does work in the favor of Mark Ingram. Uh, look, they, the way they're running the ball, the way they're going to run the ball, he's going to benefit because all eyes are going to be on number eight. And because number eight is a guy that can stick the ball in the belly, he can take it around the edge, you have to pay attention. And now that they've begun to mix in some of the uh, RPOs in the passing game, makes it even more imperative for defenses to keep their eyes on them. I just think Mark Ingram is going to benefit from that. We saw what it did for Gus Edwards last year. Uh, this Baltimore Ravens run game is going to be tough because not only is the scheme tough, but they now upgraded the personnel around Lamar Jackson to make him even tougher. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it'll be fun to watch this uh, this Ravens team as they continue to grow and evolve with Greg Roman and this scheme. Uh, Lamar Jackson plays anywhere close to as well as he did last week against the Dolphins. It's going to be a big year uh, for the Ravens. All right, Buck, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Let's get to some college football. Although we're going to focus on evaluation, um, I had a chance to to visit with a lot of these guys that hold the title of director of player personnel with their college programs, which basically they run uh, recruiting and the evaluation for these teams. And it's a it's a position that hasn't been around all that long. 
one of the guys who was uh, one of the first to hold the title and is, is really viewed in the in the football community, the college football community, is, is one of the elites in terms of running a personnel department at the college level, is a guy by the name of Mark Pantone, somebody that uh, we've both got a chance to, to know a little bit and tremendously respect. Um, we got a chance to visit with him and discuss uh, some of the great players he's had a chance to evaluate and everything that goes into the position of, uh, of being. Uh, he's actually the assistant athletic director as well as the director of player personnel with the Buckeyes. Here's our conversation. Well, Mark, uh, first question from me, man. I know I, I've heard you tell this story before, uh, but as we've seen these college programs, the elite college programs, kind of almost mimic the National Football League in terms of having a scouting staff, a personnel department, uh, where did that all start? And, uh, and tell us about your evolution as this thing has all grown. Sure. So I started back in 2006 at Florida with Coach Meyer just as a volunteer in the recruiting office. And back then there was, there was one person who ran recruiting. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time just writing envelopes and, and logging videos and just the minuscule stuff. And, you know, as, as years went on, I gained more experience watching film and evaluating. And when I first got to Ohio State in 2012, there was still only two full-time members in, in the personnel department. And so the evolution in just the last few years has gone to now I oversee 11 people. And so most schools wow. back in 2012 didn't even have personnel directors and now I think every power five school has one and, and every staff just keeps growing year after year. You know, Mark, so now that it so mirrors what uh, is taking place in the National Football League, do you guys come up with a, a grading system? Do you have kind of like positional traits that you look for for each position as you're you're stacking it up? Do you have prototypes and the like? I'm just so curious to see how much it resembles what we're doing in National Football League. Yeah, very similar. Uh, each position has critical factors we're looking for. Um, you know, we try to get with each coach to see what they like and don't like. And we also have just general athletic factors we're looking for for all guys. Um, obviously, dealing with high school kids, we're also looking at uh, transcripts and um, character as well. Same thing as NFL. Um, but we do have grading systems. Um, we The one thing we don't have is the analytics involved as NFL. So it's harder to get, you know, confirmed times, harder to get all these measurables that, that you have easy access to in the NFL through the combine and pro days and everything. How, how important is it that you guys uh, get these guys on campus and not just to visit, but maybe in, in a camp environment where you can see them on the field and, and, and watch them compete? I know uh, when you're scouting guys, especially quarterbacks, we always felt like we had to go see them live. You couldn't just rely off what you saw on the tape. But how important is that in your process over the years? It's critical. Um, you want to be able to see them move and throw and do all the movement skills needed for each position. Uh, the hard part is in the evolution of recruiting, the process has sped way up. And so um, by the time these kids are sophomores now, they're getting 20 and 30 offers um, offers in, in their world. Um, and so after that, it's like, why do I have to camp? Because I have all the offers I need. And so come junior and senior year, they're not camping anywhere because they've already made it. And so you have to, your evaluations are getting earlier for camp and, and it's hard because, and it's not fair. A lot of these guys, you might have a wide receiver comes to camp as a sophomore and runs a four, eight. Well, he's not developed yet and he's not strong. So you, you don't want to ding the guy already on such a young age. And it's hard to get that perception out of your mind sometimes um, when you do have him in camp so early. You know, uh, Mark, DJ and I both have been around the elite 11 camps. We've, we've seen these quarterbacks come through. You guys have had a handful of elite 11 quarterbacks come through. Dwayne Haskins goes and becomes a first-round pick. You guys pick up a transfer in Justin Fields. When you're evaluating the quarterback position uh, at the 
collegiate level, what are some of the critical factors that you're looking for to make the decisions on the right guys for your program? Yeah, to me personally, is uh, I'm looking at accuracy and completion percentage. Um, you know, and then we're also looking at competitors. So we're always checking to see what their high school record is. Do they lead their team to wins? Do they put their team on their backs? You know, and then after that, arm strength is, is always good. But that's the kind of the second tier of things. So we want to make sure they're getting the ball to where they need to go. And, uh, you know, they have, a, they have a high success rate. You know, the other guy we had here, too, that, that I just give a shout out to is Joe Burrow. And, uh, you know, he was phenomenal <laughs> last week. And just the development that he's undergone these last few years is incredible as well. So, Do you see the distance travel with some of these guys, though? I mean, I, I think you guys sometimes you get credit for recruiting these kids. I don't know necessarily that. You know, the programs at Florida and at Ohio State, if you guys have gotten the credit for developing these kids. I mean, is there an example of, of maybe one player that could show the distance traveled once he arrived on campus and, and when he left as a finished product? Yeah, the first name on the top of my head would be uh, Darren Lee. You know, he was a high school quarterback, played a little bit of, of safety, but he was 180 pounds and never played linebacker. And uh, when he had got here, um, you know, Coach Mick and I have worked together for a long time now at Florida and now here. So we kind of understand body types and what we're each looking for. And, and I know how he's the best in the country. So when these guys get here, he's going to make them bigger, stronger, faster. Um, but Darren just had this mentality to him from day one that, that he wanted to be great. And uh, so he put in the time in the, in the weight room. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later, he's first round draft pick. You know, Mark, in thinking about that, because I keep hearing the recurring theme. You talk about competitors, guys that wanted to be great, uh, the mindset. Uh, because you're not around the kids a lot, how are you able to kind of dis- determine which guys are the competitors that you really want on campus? How do you see that if you haven't been around them a lot? Yeah, it's a great point. And that's where you see you where you miss on guys sometimes because you don't know what you thought you know. Um, so I think when they come on campus, it's huge. As we, you know, we say it's like, almost like a job interview for them. So we want to see what their demeanor is. We want to see how they interact with people. Are they just staring at their phones the whole time? Um, if they're out of practice, are they engaged? Are they getting in the huddles? Are they looking to see what the coaches are saying, coaching up their guys? Or are they kind of just laying back, sitting on the bleachers, not really engaged? Um, those are small little things we're looking for. Um, but, you know, we try to watch the film to try to get to see how tough they are. You know, do they put their, their face on people mm-hmm. um, to show that at least they love they love playing. I want to get to uh, some of these specific players. Been so many great players uh, you've had a chance to uh, recruit, evaluate, and, and develop there in the program. Uh, but before we get to you know all this long list of guys, so we, we've asked this question of a bunch of college coaches, and we've got some fascinating answers. Um, the best high school football player that you've ever seen could have been somebody that ended up coming to the school you're at, or could have been somebody that went somewhere else. But just the best high school football player you've ever laid eyes on. So actually, I cheated on this one because I, I, I'm a regular follower of, of this podcast. You guys do a great job, and for anybody in this profession, um, you know, I, I'd highly, I'd highly recommend um, listening and watching this. But um, a few guys, I know I Sammy Watkins' that. name had been thrown around a few times, and, and I agree, he was, he was a freak show. Um, Jadavian Clowney, you know, he's, he was another one. Um, just a couple other ones, just being at Ohio State, you know, the Bosa's and Chase Young were both all three of those guys. You put on their film, and there's they're no brainer. Those guys are going to be top five draft picks in high school, and so um, you know all of those guys were were great, great players in high school. It's it's funny that you bring up so many of those guys. One of the guys that I was around that was on your campus was Ezekiel Elliott, and so obviously you were there when Zeke was there. What was he like as a Buckeye in terms of like the it factor and what he brought to the table? 
Zeke was one of the hardest guys um, that, that trained. Um, he just has this unique genetic material that, that he's been blessed with. Um, but the thing you notice with Zeke when he was a freshman is that he was the hardest and most violent player without the ball. So when he was trying to block people, the defensive guys, he was trying to hurt them. And so you knew right away, and even if you go back to the Purdue game, when he was a freshman running down on kickoff, he lays a guy out. So you knew he had, he had this in him. And he was just so freaky athletically, you know, state champion and hurdler. Um, he had athletic parents that played football at Missouri, and his mom was a track star at Missouri. So he had all this genetic intangibles, and uh, he also had the, the toughness and it factor of, of the way he trained as well. What was, he, what was he like when you watched him oh, on tape in high school? Go ahead. Go ahead, Buck. In high school? Yeah, what was Zeke so, like when you watched him on tape? Yeah, um, so in high school back then, um, you know, it was just after his junior year of high school, and he may have had like four or five offers, and so I just threw on his game tape, watched him. I'm like, wow, this, this kid's pretty good. But he only really had like Missouri offer and, and a few middle-tier middle, middle tier schools. And uh, so I, I hit him up, him and his parents, said, hey, we'd love to have you on campus. They're here that next weekend. They came right away for a junior day. And, uh, and so they had a great experience, and then it kind of felt like, hey, this kid may want to commit. Are, are we sure? Because at the same time, there's this other kid. He was Mr. Five Star, number one running back in the country, who wore number 27 for Eddie George. And so you have the three-star Ezekiel Elliott and the five-star guy. So we have the decision to make because Zeke wants to commit. So you start really studying him, and he's playing in lower-level Missouri ball. So it's kind of a hard evaluation, but you just saw the way he ran and how athletic and fast he was that you knew he had the potential. Now, did we know he was going to be the best running back in the NFL at that time? No, no way. Um, but it was, I'm glad it worked out, and uh, you know, he's, he's a great, great player and a great person. Well, you mentioned the uh, the Bosa brothers. Let's let's start uh, one at a time here. Uh, go back to Joey Bosa, uh, what you saw from him on the high school field and, and how quickly he was able to translate that once he got on campus. Yeah, so I first met Joey um, the beginning of his junior year. Um, he had already had a few offers, Alabama, Florida State, I think, or offered him as a sophomore. And you just see this guy walk through the door as, a, as 15 years old and, you know, he's already physically elite for that age. And he was just a tough guy, went hard. You know, he was a little bit stiff, but he was just blowing people up and he was dominating on the field. Um, so he was really an easy answer. And then, um, you know, his dad having the genes he did and then you look the homework and his family. So I had actually left Florida to come to Ohio State right when Joey's recruitment really started picking up. And he was one of the first guys I told Coach Meyer, like, hey, we, we really need to get on this guy. And then come to find out his mom's a graduate of Ohio State. His uncle was a first-round draft pick at Ohio State. <laughs> so with all those ties, and his mom was like, Nick's going to be the easy one. Joey's the one you're going to have to convince. Um, and so I always <laughs> tell Joey to this day, we only took you to get Nick. So, um, so um, obviously we're glad uh, both of them were Buckeyes and uh, – they're, they're killing the NFL as well right now. Man, those are phenomenal stories. I can hear those recruiting stories um, all day. If you just could pick one trait or one thing that a player that dons that uniform has to have, what would be the trait? You know, the one thing I, is, is you would say toughness, no matter what position, football is a violent game and you want them to be tough. But I think the one you don't hear as often is acceleration because football is not just a linear game. You know, you have to put your foot in the ground and change direction. So, when I'm watching a lot of these positions, that, that's the one thing. When, when they have to put their foot in the ground and get to point A to point B, can they accelerate? And he was watching so much film. The, the elite 
accelerators they all stand out and and most of them um, that we've ended up taking it have been the ones have done really well playing here if they can, if they can do that we, we've gone through all these guys that have gone through Ohio State and we could we could go all day long we talk about Denzel Ward Marshawn Lattimore uh, we, we talked about you've still got Conley who's a first round pick Elfline Michael Tom I mean the list goes it's endless it goes on with the guys you've had there but I'm curious Mark is there one guy um, that you that you almost got but didn't get uh, that, that still gets you uh, to this day that ended up being a great player um the one who I thought we would get would probably be uh, Christian Wilkins, who went to Clemson. Mm. Um, he was another just a great player in high school, dominated every game. Um, you knew he was going to be a guy who was going to be a, a top, top draft pick, and he was an even better kid. Um, and, you know, I'm glad he had a great success story at Clemson, um, vital for their championship runs. And, uh, you know, he was a beast and, and really disappointed when we, when we found out he was going to go to Clemson. You know I, know, I know you're a little disappointed by that because he went on, he won a couple of national championships, but you guys have always been in the mix and you guys have won, certainly. I want to get a little insight on what is the culture there? What, what is it about Ohio State that allows you guys to always kind of be in the mix, in the hunt for the title? Well, Ohio State kind of sells itself. We have great facilities. Um, it's great people here. Um, but right now, in the last few years, really starting with 14 when we won the championship, is the culture of that locker room is so strong. We have, we have great kids in here in the program and, and we really put a lot of effort to making sure we are taking the right kids. So the five stars behind their name doesn't matter if, if they're going to come here and be a cancer and are selfish and their only goal is to get to the NFL and not be a team player. And so um, I think we've done a good job of just making sure that culture stays strong, bringing in the right guys, guys who are hungry, who uh, want to compete and are not afraid to compete because they know they're going to come here and have you know, legit guys in front of them as well. And uh, it's worked out really well, and, you know, the transition's been great with Coach Day, and uh, we're trying to keep that culture strong and, you know, keep winning. Well, it doesn't get much better uh, than the program you guys have built there at Ohio State. Uh, Mark, can't thank you enough for your time, man. We wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure we'll be in touch as, uh, as we get towards the spring. Good luck to you and the Buckeyes. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Well, Buck, I, I thought listening to Mark talk there, I could listen to him. I mean, I could have hit him up on every single high school player because I guarantee you he could tell you stories not only about the guys Ohio State signed, uh, but just all the top players over the last uh, decade plus because he had a chance to get his eyes on them and recruit them. Look, he did a great job of kind of breaking it down for us. I, I think the bigger thing is how advanced it has become in the collegiate level when it comes to recruiting, what they're doing, the grading skill that he talked about, the critical factors – all the things that he mentioned are the same things that were mentioned in the war room when we were there as scouts. And so I just believe yep. it is it, it has made college football even more like pro football in terms of the way people evaluate and go through the process of scouting and recruiting to bring those top players to the top programs. Let's bring our guy in here because Nabil, our producer, um, does a little moonlighting there with uh, with the Trojans over there at USC, working in their personnel department. Um, a member there, Nabil. How how similar the way uh, Mark described it is uh, is your experience been over there at USC? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, great. You know, we have different interns and people assigned to different position groups where we're basically assigned a position group and a class, and we're just watching all the guys at that position, tracking them every week cutting up film of each guy every week and we're also just looking for guys throughout the week it's been really good you know I've learned so much about scouting with the guys there Trey and Spencer and you know I would love to have you guys sometime come through there 
come through. Yeah. What they can give me? They can give me. They can give me. They can give me a Trojan sweatshirt. They can give me. Like, what am I doing? I can't. I can't do it for. <laughs> can't do it for free. If I'm gonna dedicate my time and my energy, I'm gonna work on. The, work for the Tar Heels. I don't know if I'm gonna work for the Trojans, but maybe they throw a little something in a, a little goodie bag. Maybe. Maybe I can be convinced to give them a little. A little time. Maybe you could just wear your. Maybe you could wear your Tar Heels shirt with the score of the game when you guys beat them, Buck, and you can wear that over there to the facility. Sell maybe. That place. That 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 that'd kind of be fun. That'd be fun to go back over. Maybe your there. stat line. What what do you, you got in the end zone? You got. I didn't get in zone. I caught I caught a big pass. So I caught a big pass over Jason Seahorn. Not that I remember, but I did catch a big post and he fell behind me, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to go in the end zone. But it you know it's one of those things. We we're playing on the baseball field in Anaheim. But I think it's really cool. I think it is really cool because DJ, we have a lot of uh, people that listen that are aspiring scouts. I think it's an opportunity where people can get in. Uh, volunteering first, I think, at their high schools, uh, in high school, kind of getting into the mix, being around uh, with the explosion of huddle and how everyone has huddle highlights and tapes. They can start kind of looking at people. You can see everybody going all the way back to Odell Beckham Jr. Just mm-hmm. Google his name and huddle. You see those. But being able to evaluate those guys, being able to kind of have a point of reference, uh, taking some of the stuff that we talk about here in terms of creating a grading skill, and then being able to go – to your college and, and, and work there and work in the recruiting department. There's so many opportunities that are available now that weren't available when we were kind of coming through the system that, man, yeah. you have every opportunity to be an evaluator if that's something that you desire to be. Uh, to me, and I, I like to explain it this way because we both get asked all the time, I, w- I want to be an NFL scout. What do I do? How do I do it? And to me, uh, you're some kids that you'll know right away because you'll say, well, you know, you're going to have to volunteer um, go volunteer it. If you're in college, go volunteer in the football department. Go mm-hmm. there and tell me do whatever you want to do. Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I just want to work on the NFL. I want to, you know, make some money. And I'm like, okay, well then you have no shot. Uh, <laughs> but it'd be like, it'd be like saying, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a doctor. Walk into a hospital and say, where do I get my uh, stethoscope here? I want to be a doctor. Like, no, okay, there's a process here uh, that you got to take, and it's a long process. But if you're willing to do it, it's available to you. And that's a, that's my advice to kids. If you want to get into scouting and you you know, aspire to be an NFL general manager one day, take that first step. That first step is to to go to a college, the one you're at, or if, mm-hmm. if you, you know if you've graduated from college, go approach them and tell them, hey, I'm willing to work. You don't have to pay me anything. Uh, what do you want? What do you need me to do? I'll, I'll I'll cut tape. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. And uh, Nabil's kind of on that path right now. He's he's uh, he's spending his time there at USC and helping them in any way that he possibly can. And um, if that's that's what you desire to be, you got to be willing to do all that stuff to to go along that path. You're, it's very tough to just crack right away and jump right into the NFL. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that Bill has been able to do, like uh, with technology and video and being able to cut and edit and do all of those things, it helps. The more that you can do from a technological standpoint, the better it um, increases your chances, enhances your chances of getting a long term job in the thing. Because in the recruiting world, man, video is everything. And with huddle and highlights and tapes and even in our league when it comes to touch tapes. And, you know, when it comes down to the meetings, how we had to make our our sequence list and our tapes where we could put their best plays up there. Having the ability to be able to do all of those things just makes you invaluable. It gives you an opportunity to get a lower level job, an entry level job to get in the building. And then from there, you kind of take the ball and run with it. No doubt. Uh, uh, look, that's, uh, that's our advice there. Free, free of charge, our advice there if people want to get into the, uh, the scouting world. All right, Buck, uh, college football-wise this weekend, Ooh, uh, I thought wee. maybe a player or two that you're looking forward to, uh, to watching. Who do you have your eyes on this weekend? <laughs> no, it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at the list of names that you, you brought up, and I certainly want to talk about these guys. And I think we should talk about them in twos in terms of Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. 
because I think this could be a conversation yep. that we have into the spring about which one would you want to potentially be your number one receiver if you're a team in need of one. And Jerry Judy from Alabama, look, man, he's a route running king in terms of he is as polished as they come as a route runner, very natural, very smooth, very fluid, but he has the explosiveness to se- separate. Uh, we talk about the urgency. He has the urgent athleticism that I've heard Thomas Dimitrov talk about when he describes Julio Jones. Not the same kind of player, but um, very similar in their ability to kind of own the number one position. Outstanding hands, has rack ability. It is really, really hard to pick holes in his game. The only thing that I would say is from a size standpoint in terms of bulk, he doesn't necessarily look like your traditional number one that people have grown accustomed to seeing. But in terms of skills, in terms of being a craftsman, uh, he is everything. And, look, it would be hard for for me to have anything negative to say about Jerry Judy and his NFL prospects. Yeah, I know. And and, uh, Alabama fans thought I was insulting him when I compared him to Robert Woods just in terms of their build. But that's how he's built, though. Yeah, he's uh, he's built like that. That's his frame. That's how he's built. Now, he's got more juice. He's got a little more juice than Robert, a little more short area quickness than Robert. Um, but Robert's a guy who's uh, who's really turned out to be an outstanding wide receiver in this league. And I think Jerry Judy, um, he's equipped for the way the game is played. I was just talking to, uh, I think it might have been Pollock, because one, one of our buddies the other day mm-hmm. were talking about you know some of these bigger wide receivers. And I said, man, if you really, me and Bucky talk about it, if you really look at it, outside you know there's a Mike Evans every now and then a Julio Jones every now and then but man a lot of the receivers that are having immediate success in the NFL right now are not those big guys mm-hmm. um they're route runners they're guys and you know even if you look at Michael Thomas even though he's bigger he, he didn't blow you away it's just he's a route runner and yes. those are the guys that have had success so uh, a guy like Jerry Judy who who can hang his hat on his route running it's going to serve him well it is going to serve him well. And we talked about this after last year's draft or after watching uh, Cooper Cup and those guys kind of emerge yep. uh, during their rookie season that at the wide Juju. Pro- yep. Yep, at the wide receiver position, always favor skills, craftsmanship over athleticism and explosiveness. The guys who are really being able to be very, very productive in the league are the guys who have mastered their craft. They have all the tools in the toolbox when it comes to getting open and separating. Um, and this even goes to a guy that we could talk about in Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a four-five-seven receiver. That is yep. not explosive based on the number on the clock, but when you watch him, he has the ability to separate in and out of breaks. And so craftsmen over athletes, those are the guys that typically kind of make their mark in the league early in the year, early in their career. I think, yeah, think about Keenan Allen as another great example of that. Um, you hit on a good one there with, with Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb is, is CeeDee Lamb, look, he's not going to blow you away on the stopwatch either, but just incredible high point skills. And, and I keep coming back to this, this phrase, Buck, I thought we saw it with, with Dante Moncrief, the issues he had that, that we talk mm-hmm. about contact balance, right? Yeah. With running backs, there's there's contact strength with receivers. Can you can you absorb contact and still have the strength in your hands uh, to be able to finish? Um, to me, that is a huge deal. We look in the Super Bowl with uh, Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a little bit stronger contact strength. Uh, it's a big time play in that game. And and I, to me, Ceedee Lamb has tremendous contact strength with his hands. Look, outstanding. Uh you talk about hand-eye coordination, functional strength, whatever you want to call it. Like in basketball terms, he's a rebounder. I'll call him the Dennis Rodman effect. Yep. The ability to be able to get it and endure all the contact and come down with it. And in fact, one of the best wide receivers, and some people would say the best wide receiver, his best trait 
is his high point and his contact balance when it comes to catching the ball, and that is DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins oh, yeah. isn't one that necessarily mm-hmm. separates from you um, horizontally, but he said creates separation vertically, meaning when the ball is in the air, he goes up and he's able to high point it. And even though you're draped on him, it doesn't affect his ability to bring the ball in. And it is different to watch. It's not the normal separation that we're used to seeing. But after watching Nuke Hopkins dominate in the league, I'm looking for more guys like that. And C.D. Lamb kind of falls into that category in terms of how he plays the game. No doubt. Uh, those two wide receivers are going to be fun to watch them. Uh, Jerry Judy going up against South Carolina. Uh, C.D. Lamb out here in the Rose Bowl in front of a bunch of OU fans, I would imagine, and probably not very many UCLA fans. Maybe. Uh, Maybe Chip can bring them out. UCLA. Yeah. Uh, they were giving away free tickets last I heard. That's usually not a good sign. Uh, last one here. Those are two players that, that I think are going to be fun to watch. One more I just added on here, Buck. Nate mm-hmm. Stanley from Iowa. Um, you look over oh, his last yeah. five games, go back to their bowl game and previous two games, and then what he's done this year. So he's got, uh, I believe it's 14 touchdowns, two picks. Um, his completion percentage this year is, is much improved over what it was last year. He's at 63.8%. Um, they're 5-0 and in those last five games. So when I went back and watched him in this last week's game, I believe it was against Rutgers, Buck, you see the big arm. Um, he's got an NFL body. He had a couple nice balls down the field. He can drive the ball outside the hash. Now, the accuracy, even though the percentage has increased, there's still some inconsistency there. Uh, he had a deep shot for an easy touchdown that he missed. Um, some balls, kind of the nose will go down on him, uh, working in the middle of the field. So he's not. he is not a finished product. But what you have is somebody that's big, sturdy, with a strong arm um, and gives you those flashes. So I just want to see. Um, he's obviously picked it up over the last five games. Um, does he continue on this trend and, and keep getting better and better and better um, he's going to be an interesting prospect somebody that may be more valuable 10 years ago than he is now because he's not a, not a guy that's going to move around a ton um, but uh, I think he's an interesting player and they play Iowa State this week so keep an eye on the quarterback there for the uh, for the Hawkeyes Look, doing a really good job. We saw him last year, the way he was able to distribute the ball to those big old tight ends. The fact that he's continued to improve and continue to throw the ball around the yard. Um, A lot of playing quarterback. Uh, We heard it. Uh, Pantone talked about, look, accuracy, decision-making, completion percentage. I want to see guys that consistently hit consistently hit the strike zone and they allow their guys they enable their guys to run after the catch he has been able to do that and the fact that he's been able to do it at Iowa where they may not have the superior athletes on the perimeter speaks volumes and so look you're just kind of looking for him to continue to keep stacking these solid games because at the end of the year if he has a bunch of solid games we're gonna have to talk about him because his resume is pretty impressive no doubt. Uh, Buck, uh, football is back. Watch live, local, and primetime NFL games for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news highlights and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store at NFL.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Uh, Buck, man, it was uh, it was fun, man. I, I love talking to Pantone. I could talk to him for a long time. But it always fires me up, too, when you find out uh, guys like that, and there's a bunch more of them uh, that are running recruiting for these colleges that uh, that enjoy the podcast and are able to, to get a little something out of it. That always fires me up. No, man, it's great, man. I- I think the whole uh, thing and what's beautiful about like what we've been able to do is like just kind of throw ourselves in the scouting community, talk about it, because so much of it is sharing, sharing information, sharing knowledge, sharing what is your process when it comes to evaluating players or team building. Uh, I just kind of love where we're going because I am fascinated about the process of building champions. And the more that we're able to talk to guys, the more that we get close, uh, valuable insight on what it takes to build a winner. 
Yeah, so what are we calling these guys now? FOPs, friend of pod? I mean, uh, we've pod, got, yes. uh, we yeah. got a bunch of them out there. Yeah. Fires like, you up. You know who else? Uh, gosh, who was it last year that we had that uh, kind of came out of left field that we ended up uh, – um, oh, Joe Tessator. Joe Tessator. Yeah, big friend of the Tess, uh, He's sure. FOP. FOP. Uh, so anyways, that uh, that always fires us up. It was a fun episode. I do want to give a, uh, another shout-out because I've seen we've got a bunch more of these five-star reviews and people leaving us uh, uh, nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that, that just helps spread the word here, gets the word out. We do appreciate that. By the way, if you have a question for us, Sometimes on social media, the uh, the questions kind of get lost in our timeline. They, they fill up a little bit. But if you have a question you want us to answer, go ahead and throw it on your review. When you go on Apple Podcasts, if you leave us a little five-star review there and drop a question in there, I promise you we will do our best to answer it. So um, if you want to know something there, we will check that, and uh, we'll be able to get back to you on that. So appreciate that. Uh, all of our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo. Uh, our new uh, channel on YouTube is youtube.com slash nfl podcast anything else you want to add before we get out of here buck no man fantastic weekend i'm looking forward to seeing all of the nfl and college action and then talking about it when we come back on monday yeah well we're ready to roll rhett coming back by the way we got a little surprise for rhett lewis on the uh on the takeaway pod don't shh, shh don't, don't tell, tell anybody him. Don't tell him but we got a little, a little surprise coming his way uh we'll catch you back here next week on move the sticks he's bucky brooks i'm daniel jeremiah thanks for listening Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. 
Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.